Blog Talk Radio.
Okay. Okay. Can you hear me, Samantha? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, for some reason, I've been on the show the whole time, and the speaker part, the microphone would not let me talk. Uh-oh. And I was hearing you, but it just was not working. Okay, so let's get started with the show. We got 48 minutes on the show. My mic is just temperamental. I don't know what's going on, but it's all good. So I want to again thank you for joining me here at Pressure Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, where today we're going to be talking about breast cancer awareness. Now, we know that October has been designated as Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and from what we're hearing, we're seeing, we're listening in regards to COVID, one must not forget that breast cancer still exists. Now, for many of you that know me, I want to um, basically share that my mother succumbed to breast cancer in 2008 at the age of 59. And prior to that, that was the first time that I had really ever heard of breast cancer. You know, we would, when we talk about women's health or just um, our general health, a lot of times individuals, we have taken things for granted because we didn't know any better. And part of the awareness is when you know better, you do better. So I have my aunt, Samantha, the trunk, Lewis, Evans, on the air with us. So, Auntie, I want to thank you for joining me. I got backup noise, background. I am just so frustrated right now. I've been fussing at you prior to on the phone, but couldn't nobody hear me fuss because I was just fussing. So, Auntie, what do you want to add to this show as we're talking about breast cancer awareness? Well, you know, my main thing is that it doesn't have to be a death sentence. Yes, I lost my sister to breast cancer, but I also had breast cancer around the same time as my sister. And I, mine was caught early. And I know, I also know of a young lady who is still with us and it has been cancer-free for some years now who let her breast, you know, double in size. The lump was about the size of a golf ball when I felt it. So, and she's still alive. So it's not a death sentence. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, Auntie, part of this, when we talk about awareness and being aware, because people get scared. And like right. I said, prior to mother and having to go through what she went through, I don't recall ever really hearing nothing about breast cancer. You know, and I remember when she called me and told me that she had been diagnosed with the C word and I was talking about, are you cripping? And I didn't know what she was talking about. So I had to educate myself about, you know, breast cancer, the stages. I had to learn. And I remember going to the doctor and asking them for a mammogram and they not wanting to give me one because of my age. And I was told that I had to wait until I got 40. And I was doing some research even for this show, and I was seeing how, um, what is her name, Lucy and Ricky, that one of their great-grandchildren died Mm -hmm. of breast cancer in her 30s. Right. So do you think that that they're now doing better as far as having individuals being screened if there's a family history of breast cancer? We start talking about being aware and preventive measures. 
I do. I do think that it's getting better with that. Um, like I said, that young lady that I was talking about, she was in her tw- late 20s when she's in her 30, mid-30s now, but she was in her late 20s when she found the lump. Um, and like you said, people are scared. And being that young, you like you thinking that can't be, you know, it can't be cancer. I'm only 27 or I'm only 28. You know what I mean? So they will be like, that can't be cancer. So they'll ignore it. And when it gets mm-hmm. to, a, you know, like the point that it did with her where you can't ignore it anymore because now it's hurting, you know, you're getting the blood from your nipple, you know, you're getting the um, discharge. So now you have to go to the doctor and you're praying that it's a calcium buildup because people, women get those in their breasts too. But it's better to be safe than if you feel something or uh, if you have a history, I say go get checked and tell them you have mm-hmm. a history. And, you know, so, see, that's what I had to do. I had to literally almost threaten my doctor because they did not want to give me a mammogram. And when they did give me the mammogram, they thought that I had breast cancer. And I remember doing the the um the, the the mammogram. I remember doing the ultrasound. I remember doing the biopsy, and it seemed like every year I kept getting a negative report. And the all whole time, then it would tell me, "Well, we don't see what we thought we saw." And I'll never forget one time I told the doctor I thought he was gonna tell me I had breast cancer. I had Aflac. I was like, "You give me breast cancer, I get ten thousand dollars, and I'm going to the casino." You know, I am not gonna <laughs> let you stress me out. But I remember right. when they told me that they didn't see what they saw. And I walked off saying, so I get to leave with both my titties. My daughter was looking at me like, right. Mom, did you really just say that? But, I mean, I, but that's the way I were, was about it. When they when they told me, when the doctor told me that they saw something on my mammogram, I went back in. They had another test. I cannot even recall the name of it, but it was brand new um, back then. And Mm so um, they asked me would I, and at the time it wasn't covered by insurance, but they was only charging me $50 to do it. And I'm like, $50 to save my life? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so paid it. They did the image, the imaging came back and the doctor said that it's in the early stages and the reason why I didn't just have a lumpectomy to remove the cancer was because I had cancer in all five of my milk ducts. Mm. So it was spreading out in the breast and he told me it was like grains of sand. That's how small it was. But it would collaborate collaborate when mm-hmm. gathers together. If I had a, because it was an accelerated breast cancer. Um, so if I had a waited, because I started to, the story was even written up in the newspaper. I started to wait for that mammogram, but I didn't, and I went. And he said if I had a waited, it would have gathered together and formed that lump very rapidly. But I was there, mm-hmm. it was small, it was in all five of my milk ducts. So I didn't want a lumpectomy because he said I would have came out looking like a 
uh, pin cushion. Not that I was mm. worried about the breast in the first place, because as soon as he told me, I was like, he was like, well, we can do the lumpectomy or we can do a mastectomy. I was like, just take the breast. You know, I was in my thirties at the time. You know, I was just in my thirties at the time, Jeanette. As a matter of fact, I had just turned like thirty-two, so I was in my thirties mm-hmm. when it happened. And um, so I just like take the breath. I hadn't even discussed it with anybody. And you know, I had Derek was my boyfriend at the time. He's my husband now, but we had been together for a couple of years. So I'm like. If he accepts it, he doesn't. If he does, fine. If he don't, fine, you know. So went home, discussed it with him, told a couple of people. Everybody fell out crying. And like I had told them, I was dying. I just said I had breast cancer. And I never, not once, felt like I was going to die. Not once. What I did, Mm -hmm. Jeanette, was I walked out of that doctor's office I looked up to the sky, and I said, oh, you are so funny. And I was talking to God. I was like, yeah, you, you have a very good sense of humor. I like that. Okay, cool. I like that. Because just a few years prior, my mother had passed, and I prayed mm-hmm. to God to go with her. And I mm. felt this is the way I felt about that cancer. I felt like God said, okay, this is what you prayed for. I'm going to give you your out. You can either let it go and die from it, or you can get treated and live a long and prosperous life. That's why I felt like, mm-hmm. oh, he was being funny. So mm-hmm. I, I got treated. I went in. I got a mastectomy. I got a transplant reconstructive surgery. And when I went in, when they told me about it, I went in there. I told the doctors, you know, they was like, well, we don't want you to worry. I was like, I'm not worried. I was like, because I'm going to go in here, I'm going to get a tummy tuck and a boob job all in one. <laughs> because they You know, and that part is funny because, you know, for a long time, you and I were the only two with big breasts in the family. Everybody right, else had none. Right. I remember when Jean had to get hers. And um, I was like, well, just give me a titty. My mother was like, give me yours. <laughs> she was like, I already ain't got none. <laughs> she did not want to give it up. You know, Girl, I ain't have months. no problem. And a boob wow. job all in one. They lifted. Girl, they told me to come back and get the other one lifted. It would still be covered under the insurance because it wasn't mm-hmm. cosmetic surgery because of the cancer. They did it all at one time, so it wouldn't be considered cosmetic surgery. Correct. Correct. That's why and, I know, love mm-hmm. my doctors. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. we start talking about awareness, this is something we have to start at a very young age. And like I yes. said, a lot of organizations, they do cancer walks, they do fundraisers, and there's a lot of ways people can get involved. Because we have to Correct. educate, 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 because preventive measures – it it can save your life, whether you people realize it or not, because sometimes we wait to the last minute. You know, even with myself, and I know I need to do some things to, to do better, and people be telling me, well, Jeanette, you know what? You need to start exercising. Jeanette, you start, girl, uh-uh, today I had angel, I mean, because um, I'm kind of angel. I had teacher put my hair in a ponytail. Girl, why I look like an angel? <laughs> I said, I can't wait. <laughs> So when we start talking about these things at a young age, 
what are some of the ways that our, even our kids can get involved when we start talking about breast cancer awareness? Because we got people losing their lives. They have children. Children don't understand why their parents are sick or going through. We talk about COVID-19, and people don't realize that if individuals are victims or basically being treated for cancer, that's, right. that messes up their immune system when you yes, start talking does. about COVID because they, they are at higher risk. You know, we talk about right. wearing a mask and social distancing, washing your hands. I remember when Jean was sick, she would not let you in the house without a mask, or she was very cautious of these type of things, and we weren't even dealing with COVID back in 2008. So how can we educate individuals so that if they are even being risky and they know that their loved one is dealing with um, cancer, breast cancer, how can we um, educate them in regards to that? Well, first of all, I feel like you need to be truthful with your children. A lot of them, like when I had breast cancer, uh, I want to say Saran was, turning 11, 11 or 12. Yeah, I think she was turning 11 or 12. And so, you know, they're two years apart on up. So um, when I told them, the first thing they did was, you know, fall out, cry, thinking, because that's when you hear cancer, all you think about is death. That's all mm-hmm. you think about. So there are um, there are books, there are children books, about cancer, breast cancer. There's uh, children books about, um, uh, 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 I can't think of the name of it. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, it's something about mommy, uh, breast cancer, or something like that. So there's books for uh, children that you can get, have your children read, read them to your children, you know, so... Um, there's organizations like you say they have children things. Uh, go to your child's school and uh, tell them the month of October. Can they organize something? I mean, there's a lot that people can do to educate their children. You know, and then now in time of technology, all you have to do is Google it. That is true. So that is so true. Yeah, just go online. Mm-hmm. And Google, you know, children information for breast cancer, and it pop up the books pops up, you know, talks pops up, YouTube uh, videos pop up. So you can educate your your child, and and like I said, just Google uh, breast cancer organization events for children. It will pop mm-hmm. up because they have them. And you know. And you know what, Auntie, I was talking to a person not so long ago, and and you said, like you said, we got to learn to be honest, because one of the things with cancer and people fear it, and they want to keep it a secret, and they want people to keep your secret. You know, they right. don't want to tell anyone, and then they get sick, and then they pass, and then, you know, when individuals are grieving, even if it's their health, they go through what's called the DABA, the denial, the right. anger, the bargaining the acceptance, and then you go through the guilt and then perhaps the hope. But the problem is when you put that on somebody else to hold your secret, a lot of times individuals don't realize the impact that that may have. 
Because I was talking to a young lady, and she was letting me know about holding that secret, and then she had went and got um, her breast removed and got, got a hysterectomy, and she was doing all these things. I'm like, why are you doing that? She was looking at that as a preventive measure of trying to prevent cancer, but then she was cutting out body parts, and people ain't even told her she had cancer. Wow. So what are some of the things that people can do so that if they do lose a loved one, they don't just go chopping stuff off? Because I remember with diabetes, and we used to hear stories with Patty LaBelle, had a lot of siblings that had passed of diabetes, and, you know, people try to get blood transfusions and do all of this stuff. But I couldn't understand why cut off body parts if ain't nobody told you you had cancer. Like you said, it's fear. It, mm-hmm. It's just the fear of it all. Of uh, you know, one person die. Oh, that means I'm gonna die too if I get cancer. No, that's mm-hmm. not what that means. That's and you you scaring the people that's around you that loves you because they oh, like, why is she doing that? Does she have cancer? Why does she? Why would she just do that? You know. So you're not yeah. you scaring the people that's around you that loves you, and that's another thing. Your support system, your attitude about it, all of that, Jeanette, factors into your recovery oh, and yeah. healing process. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. you cannot be negative with this disease. You cannot. Even if it's getting the best of you, you still cannot be negative about this disease. If you mm-hmm. if you believe whatever it is you believe in, pray to it. Yeah. Because if you can come through this, I just don't. People give up hope too quick for me. They just give up. Just oh, I, I got this. I'm gonna die. My mama died from it, so I, I'm gonna die too. You know, I, I've never had family members die from cancer, but I refuse to die from cancer. Mm-hmm. Cancer gonna happen. I'm going to shoot me in the head for me to die from cancer. <laughs> that time I die from cancer. So, no, I, no, I'm not dying from cancer. Me and cancer going to fight until I die. Girl, we will fight girl. until I die. But like I said, mm-hmm. it's going to have cancer going to have to do me like it did my sister, but I'm going to fight before that. It's going to have to come and shoot me in my head because that's what I felt that cancer did my sister because once it got up in her bloodstream into her brain, it was a goner. Oh, I know. But, I know. It's, yeah. But she yeah, was but afraid just, of the doctors. She didn't want the re- girl. I still can't understand how she stole her whole medical report. I was like, how you do that? <laughs> <laughs> she was going to be to work. But she realized you got to know how to fight, auntie. You got to know what to do. I'm not always saying, like I said, I'm not cutting off body parts and doing it all unnecessarily. So I'm like, that's like if somebody tell me I got diabetes, I'm going to automatically start cutting off my toes. No, I'm not doing all that. But we do have to educate ourselves, and we have to basically tackle that fear and deal with that fear and talk to someone because individuals do go through different mood swings. They go through different stages. And watching my mother deal with that, Samantha, was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Because I didn't That's know because what to do. My sister had to come to grips that she was dying. Mm-hmm. And when you, and my she wanted sister wanted to, to be. Right. My sister wanted to be, is, have always been like that. It's like, yeah. if, I got, if I'm going to do it, everybody's going to do it. 
girl, I don't like doing it. it. I'm not going to do it. My sister, no, she did not want to. All Everything <laughs> about cancer is ugly. And you know how vain my sister was. I know. Everything about fighting it is ugly. You know, you lose your head. Once you let it go so far, you lose your hair. That radiation burns your body. It makes you sick. You know, you lose your taste it's buds. not cute. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. cute. It's not cute at all. So, and my sister have always wanted to be cute. It's like, I'm cute, and then you ain't doing nothing to take that cuteness away. So, mm-hmm. you know. Her fight with Kevin. Uh, no, I, I do with saving get, my life. It I, had to do with saving her look. Oh, I know. And, and just the trauma of it. And, you know, and I was telling someone the other day, I didn't realize how I may have traumatized my sister when my mother did pass and I made Boogie put her makeup on. I'm bullying Boogie. Talk about, you better put her makeup on. You better do this. You better do that. But then the way Jean did Pee Wee and I by having us go to Inglewood Park Cemetery to make her funeral arrangements, and ain't nobody even told her she was going to die. All I right. seen was she called me telling me um, she was in pain, and I kept saying, Mom, you in a lot of pain. You need to go to the doctor and find out what's wrong. And so when she finally went and didn't know she had not been going to the doctor, because I didn't know at the time, and when they told her she was stage four, when she called me and was like, well, yeah, if I look this good at stage four, I can't wait to get to stage five. Ooh, when I told her there was no stage five, I think she hated me after that. But I couldn't uh-huh. let her keep going on thinking that she could get to stage five when there was no stage five. And then the next thing she did, called me and Pee Wee. We at Inglewood Park Cemetery making funeral arrangements. And I have pictures of my mother standing outside of her grave before she even died. And it was like a year and a half, I believe, Prior to purchasing all of that, her going to see her grave, and I'm buying up half of what I could see. And I'll never forget my granddaughter told me that um, there was a person in her room, and my granddaughter was scared. And I was like, well, what does she look like? And my granddaughter said, Granny, she looked like you. And I said, well, what did she say? She said, she's doing good, but she waiting on you to come with her. I said, tell her I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. She's still trying to get people to come with her. <laughs> you know, she said, I ain't going nowhere. Next time you see her, tell her to keep it moving. Girl, Jean's spirit isn't in my grandbaby. Had my baby, grandbaby scared to death. My grandbaby wondered, who is this woman coming to talk to me? And she looked like my granny. And, and Jasmine just kept staring at me when she was trying to tell me the story. Because she didn't know what to do. I said, well, what did she say? She waiting on you to come with her. Uh-uh, tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> me and Reggie had this conversation the other day. Reggie was like, well, Mom, if you die, I'm going to have to die too. I said, I already said, you ain't going in my grave with me. No. Girl. No. Y'all got to move me, move her, and we, we got to work this out. No, we ain't doing that. Now, when we start talking about why is breast cancer awareness so important, and like we said, and we know every October, it seems like there's so much information about breast cancer. And some people wonder, is it a good thing? Do it brings up old memories? When I was tagging individuals on Facebook, I was tagging people that I knew 
would have something to share. You know, there was a lady yeah. that used to do my hair years ago. She used to get on me about with my lupus, and I would want to put a perm in my hair. She'd be like, no, you ain't doing nothing to your hair. You know, and she wind up, her mom passed away, and then I believe she had battles of breast cancer. So I have people that I know that had experienced it. And so when right. we start talking about the month of October, it is incredibly important and that individuals learn about, like you said, early detection, learning that right. um, you, it's not an automatic death sentence, but breast cancer is the most common cancer in American women except for skin cancer. And the average risk of a woman in the U.S. developing breast cancer is sometimes in her life is about 12% or a 1 in 10 chance that the person may die of breast cancer. And they also estimated the, the number of the risk. Now, we got a person calling in. Let me log this person in. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicament. Number ending in 85. How are you doing? Okay, I can allow you on if you want to talk in regards to what you would like to add to the show. I know I was dealing with some technical difficulties. Okay, they're on. Okay, so, Samantha, we start talking about just the awareness and having the information in regards to the sign and the symptoms. You know, because they used to tell us in school or tell us, I remember being older, how you have to, around your period, you you raise your arm, you feel around your breast, you feel a lump or things of that nature. But I want to talk to individuals in regards to some of the signs and symptoms that every woman should know because a lot of times, until we don't even pay our, our body and our body parts any attention. Right. And that's one of the things that we need to be more aware of. And while right. we need to know what to look for, a woman should still get her regular mammogram. Now, like I said, right. because of COVID, a lot of people are seeing a doctor virtually. They're not going in. But mammograms are very, very important. Even though I can't stand the machine, I told them people, I said, look, y'all need a heater on this, or what if you got little bitty breasts? What are you supposed to do? Can we take a picture of it or something? <laughs> you say X-ray that machine. I mean, can we X-ray? Can we do something? Can you squeeze my breath, putting it on here, turn this way, turn? I'm like, this is not fun. I feel like I'm being violated. So, and you know what? A lot of women, that's a lot of women's excuse. That is a lot of women's excuse. But would you rather go through that 10, 20 minutes of having your breast squashed and finding out that you have breast cancer early enough to save your life or wait till that lump get big enough to where you can feel it yourself and then try going in there getting your breast washed. Let's see how that I just feels. think that that thing shouldn't be cold. That thing is cold. <laughs> That's my biggest complaint. We should know about okay. that. Listen, ladies, so I'm going to give you guys some symptoms so my niece, because my niece and her cold mammogram machine. So when you uh, check in your breast, 
And it's good to be like laying down when you I know they say when you're in the shower and the soap and that, but when you laying down and your breath is laying up against your body, it's easier to feel those lumps really than it is standing up and it's hanging. So laying down, check up under your arms as well, your armpits and all, because you have lymph nodes in there, and that's where the cancer can form in your lymph nodes. So up under your arm, your breast. If you have a thickness or swelling of a part of your breast, irritation or dimples of the breast skin, redness or flaky skin in the nipple area of the breast, pulling in of the nipple like your nipple is trying to invert, a pain in the nipple area, or if you have a discharge other than breast milk, including blood. Mm-hmm. So there's more um, symptoms, but those are the main symptoms. If you have a size change of your breast, pain mm-hmm. in your breast area. See, I have pain in my breast area, but that's because I had the lymph noise taken out, the reconstruction. So all of that, believe it or not, I'm still having sensations coming back into my breast after all these mm-hmm. years. So, um, but I still go and get, I used to get checked every six months, but now I'm I'm all the way up to two years now because I have been cancer-free for many years. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are just okay, some we, of the symptoms. Okay, we have a caller calling in, and I'm, I know who this number is, okay, and I'm just logging you on. Okay, Michelle, I know this is your number, and I want to let you speak in a minute. I want to say something that I'm looking at, Auntie, right here, and it talks about the dimpling or skin irritation of the breast skin. Now, my mm-hmm. question is, is that just the skin closest to your nipple or the skin closest to your, your body part? Because some individuals are more um, heavier endowed than others, and with it being hot, you can sweat, and you can get a discoloration like that too in regards to just the breast skin. So I, I wish right, someone that the medical field would also call it because I, now I got that question because I had that issue with the skin and just being sweating and heavy-breasted. I didn't okay, know that's but not it's even something word, but. that's abnormal. It's something that never happened to you before or something that you have never seen before. Or uh, It's not something that happens to you every time your breast sweats. It's not emphysema because your skin is flaky because you, you know you got emphysema. You know you got flaky skin. So if that's happening in an area that you normally don't have it in, then yes, that might be a sign. But if it's something that happens to you, you know, then no, don't go to the doctor every time you don't have boob sweat and you Breast break. Well, it's not a boob sweat. I thought maybe it was my lupus. I was like, dang, am I turning about to turn like my feet? What the hell? <laughs> I know what the heck it was. Now you got me like, uh-oh, let me, you know. But, yeah, but I did call my doctor. So I got to go and see them because I had to do blood work and all of that stuff anyway. Now, Michelle, I know you just logged on. I don't know if that was you before with the A5, but... Michelle, what would you like to add to the show as we're talking about breast cancer awareness? Because a lot of times when we talk about a sense of awareness, and I know that um, African-American women die uh, at a higher rate than uh, any other races, but it doesn't, cancer, breast cancer does not discriminate. And men can be diagnosed with breast cancer too, even though it's a very low rate. 
but they can be diagnosed. Uh, another thing I want to share, and I wanted this lady to call in. I sent her a message. Her daughter was pregnant at the time she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And what she did was she didn't want to do the treatment because she wanted to have her child. And she waited until after she gave birth, and then by that time it was too late, and she passed away from cancer. Now, that's a decision that you got to make, and I know you shared about the story that was in the paper as far as your daughter wanting you to get your mammogram and how close you came to where it would have been a little bit too late. And I know that we can use humor, we can laugh, we can, you know, but what? how do you get to making those type of decisions, especially if a woman is pregnant and learning about it or, you know, they're like, well, I'll put my mammogram off to next week because I want to go on vacation. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I feel like every every person, every woman, or every person that has cancer, breast cancer, have it in their family, has a history of it, whatever it is, that's still their decision. It's like the abortion thing. I just feel like everybody should make the decision about their own body. And if your mm-hmm. decision is, and like I said before, a lot of fear makes these decisions too. <laughs> It don't necessarily be that person. This is a fear of knowing. A lot of people don't even want to know genetics, mm-hmm. you know, a whole other uh, subject. But, you know, that's what happened with the AIDS thing. A lot of people just didn't mm-hmm. want to know. It was a possibility. But, oh, I, if I don't go take the test, then that means I don't have it. No. Well, we, we see it never go There's a lot of people that, right. that don't want to take a test. But that don't mean that. that don't, and it don't okay. mean that you do have it because you're going to get tested. That don't mean that either. Correct. Oh. It just means that you're making a, a, a selfish decision to take care of yourself. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michelle, what do you want to add to this show as we're talking about breast cancer awareness? Well, um, I mean, you have to go get your mammogram and you have to get that done. You know, in order to, um, you know, make sure you don't have breast cancer. I mean, people people think, okay, oh, it's not going to happen to me. But, you know, I mean, I've had other types of cancer, but I still go get my mammogram done. I don't care if it's cold or whatever. It doesn't take that long. But with this COVID stuff, you know, there, a lot of places aren't even letting you come in to do it. I mean, which I don't think is right because, you know, they could miss it and then there'd be a problem. Mhm. So, but um, but and like she said, like men can get it too, and um, they just, you know, I guess they, I guess you know, men don't think they can get it. <laughs> yeah. But but they, you know, as a nurse, as an ex nurse, I know that they can. So, but um, other than that, you know, I mean, I know it's uncomfortable and it's a pain, but you're supposed to go what every six months to a year or something. Um, some doctors once a year, you know, uh, but like I said, with this COVID stuff that's going on, I don't even know. I mean, I can't even get my kids in for some of their stuff because they want to do it on the Zoom. Well, you can't do a mammogram on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I don't know if, 
you know, there's people that think, well, okay, I'm not going to go because of COVID. Well, but I think that should be a priority because then yeah, it you be. find it. And then next thing you know, you know, you go in and two months later you're dead because nobody caught it, you know. But a lot of times mm-hmm. there's no symptoms or anything too. I mean, people don't mm-hmm. feel the mass or they don't feel anything and they go in and they don't, they don't go in or then they go in and then all of a sudden it, it's gotten to the stage where there was no symptoms. So I, I, I don't know, it's interesting how things can be that way. That's true. And you know what? And the, and the bottom line is, and we talk about this awareness as a form of preventive, prevent, in order to prevent things from happening. Now, I want to share some information, and this is coming from, it says foxchase.org, and it's talking about breast cancer awareness. And some of the, just the, not only just the risk factors, but to lower the risk of breast cancer is to go and stay at a healthy weight. Balance your food intake with physical activity to avoid And we know in the United States, especially in California, we got a lot of people that what they consider to be obese. Now, when my doctor called me oh, grossly obese, I told him, your mama, I may be obese, but I ain't gross. So, and they said I'm being vain, auntie, but I'm not gross. So, but the thing is, we do have to um, avoid excess weight gain. And with COVID, a lot of individuals are getting what's called that COVID weight. We need to be physically active every week, get at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity activity or a combination of the two because we got to stay active. Another thing that gets me, Auntie, is limit or avoid alcohol. The ACS recommends that women have no more than one alcoholic drink per day. Now, that's Oops. one of the things that I've seen with breast cancer, a lot of other cancers, is alcohol consumption. Yep. Now, that is something new and another thing a lot of women don't want to hear. Because that was one of my mother's biggest problems. My mother didn't want to stop drinking. She didn't want to do chemo. Well, I didn't either. Because she couldn't do chemo and drink. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> And that's why I say about having, and you know, like the fear of, you know, because they were like, it could come back, and the other breast, it could even come back in the, um, in the reconstructed breast, they told me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, it, it's like, okay, if that's the way I'm going. That's the way I'm, certain things, like, that's the way I'm going. That's the way I'm going. And giving up alcohol is it for me. Now, I don't drink hard alcohol like I used to. But I do still drink beer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, if I have to get that up, I thought, when, I went to, when I went to the doctor, the <laughs> doctor told me I had to drink more water. I hate water, okay? So he said, you have to drink more water. Uh, you have to drink more water. I was like, I drink beer. He was like, I got water in it. And you know what? And you know what? And this is the funny part about beer. You know I never liked beer because it looked like pee. <laughs> I'm not drinking no pee. Right. <laughs> right. So I think, he say, I said, it has water in it. He's like, yeah, but it has a lot of other things, too. I'm like, exactly. Weed. And <laughs> you silly yeast. Beer, beer is good for you. Oh, my God. 
So, but alcohol is a place where people don't want to give up their alcohol. Nope. Now, nope. I'm looking at some information, and they talk about three tests that typically use in detecting breast cancer, and each has its own benefits and risks. And women should talk to their doctors regarding the best options for them. We talk about the mammogram, and we know that that's an X-ray of the breast used to detect and elevate breast changes. Its detection ability depends on the tumor size and breast tissue density. So that's a whole other issue. Um, another one is the breast cancer, I mean the breast ultrasound is often used along with the mammograph for high-risk women who cannot undergo the MRI and women with dense breast tissue. And then we have what's called a breast MRI, which is a magnetic resonance imaging. And that may be used to screen high-risk women and gather more information about suspicion area found on a mammogram or an ultrasound. So those are just some of the things that they use. But we want to make sure that we do get checked. And let's go because we only got seven minutes left on the show because I know we was kind of like not able to hear because for some reason my mic is kind of finicky. It works when it want to work. But let's talk about support because individuals don't realize that a lot of times people slip into depression. They can have anxiety. They can have relationship issues. Sometimes cancer bring on financial issues. If you're not um, prepared for this, let's talk about the support. What are some of the ways that family, first of all, can support a loved one that is undergoing or have been told that they have breast cancer? You know, they can be there to help them, you know, and just to listen and talk to them and not, you know, not, I think it's better that you don't make suggestions like, okay, I think you should do this or I think you should do that. I think the person should be able to, you know, just try to help the person process whatever they want to do, whether it's go through chemo or whether it's go through surgery or whatever, because, you know, everybody has their own opinion now. Oh, you have to because you know, you're going to die. Uh-huh. Well, we're all going to die someday. We're all going to die someday. So, you know, and depending on what you want to do, I mean, and, and depending on the stage, personally, myself, if somebody said, oh, come on, we got to get you set up for chemo, well, they're going to be a big shock because I'm going to say, no, I lived, but I watched my dad and my mom try to go through that. Uh-uh. Sorry. Don't want it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live my life and the best I can until it's either gone do what I can do and I think if you keep a positive attitude and I do I firmly believe if you you know you try to eat healthy and stay away from a lot of the stuff you're talking about you know mm-hmm. things can change I mean because I've seen it happen where people get sick and all of a sudden they've changed their whole eating regimen mm-hmm. their whole exercise regimen and you know um and, and you just have to tell yourself okay you know I'm going to get through this and, you know, I mean, because, you know, the worst thing you want is, and of course, like some doctor to say to you, and I went through this with somebody, the doctor said, okay, well, I'm not going to do surgery on you anymore because, you know, you're not strong enough. Well, the person gave up 12 days later. Personally, mm-hmm. I would have gone back and sued that doctor because I said, you had no business saying that to a patient. Or you could have did like my mama did, Michelle, when, when the woman told me, I told my mother to go 
because she was in so much pain, and the woman told my mother she had stage four. My mother thinking she going to get to stage five. When my mother made her doctor's appointment, the woman walked in there and said, hi, where you been? I didn't know my mother had not been going to her doctor's appointment. And the woman said, so how you doing? She said, uh, I'm doing better than you, B-I-T-C-H. Why you didn't tell me I was dying? Girl, I know that doctor wanted to run out that room when my mother called her out of her name like that. And I was sitting there like, no, she didn't just do this. But the thing yeah, is, my well, mother was afraid and my mother was even my mother, Right, my mother, she didn't, she, you know, we knew it. I knew there was something wrong, but, you know, she didn't want to tell you. So, you know, and if mm-hmm. people don't tell you, and personally, I don't know that I would tell certain people because I know certain people would try to convince me to do this or do that, you know, oh, you know, and, or they, they, you know, they make comments like, okay, you're doing it. You know what? Everybody has the right to make their own choice. And, gotcha. um, you know, if they want to, if, but if a doctor goes in there and, you know, doesn't have good bedside manners, well, you know, they're in the wrong business. <laughs> but you know what, this is where I have an issue with this, Michelle. I understand that everybody has the right to make their own choices. I get that. I understand that sometimes individuals operate out of fear and they can be very vain. But I remember, like I said, I learned a lot and educated myself about breast cancer when my mother was going through because I knew absolutely nothing. And when I would contact the Breast Cancer Association and I was doing all this stuff for my mother, and my mother had the money to do things, but my mother was like, if I got to pay for it, I'll just die. I'm not spending no money. Yeah. Why do my not want to do something to take care of you? She was just being totally defiant and resistant. And then when it got to the point to where it got out of control, like my auntie said, then it was like, okay, now I want to live. Now it's a little bit too late. You waited too long. You're not going to the doctor. Yeah. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You cussing folks out. You just being negative, trying to kill folks before you go. It was it was a mess. Right. So trying yeah, that's to what offer happened. her support was oh girl, honey, it was hell. Well, I just think that you know, and you probably know as a therapist, you need to sit and just listen. You know, when when you listen to your family, it's like being a nurse. When my mom fell during that fire and broke her hip, you know. I couldn't be in there and work as a nurse because I was too emotionally involved, you know, but Mm -hmm. when you're, and you're a therapist, you know, if it's your family, you're going to say, you get more emotionally involved, right? Okay. So, but if it's um, your mom, you know, if it's a patient, you know, you want to listen to them and just, you know, give them support and, you know, what you can do. I mean, I mean, because, no, everybody's decision is different. So, but listen, I, I have to go to another meeting. Okay, but I'm gonna say this. I don't mean to cut you off. Though. So, but um, oh, I'm sorry I checked in so late, and that was me earlier, <laughs> no but I could not hear. I could not hear. I you. know it was the mic. It was the mic. But Samantha, you know when we talking about support, and Michelle was talking about her mom, and when you're a therapist, you get too close. Yeah, I was real close. I had to stay away for a little while because prior to that, the last time I saw her, she was going to go get a gun. But when she called me and told me that it had got out of control, take care, take care, lady, take Take care. All right. So when we start talking about the support, and support can come in a lot of different ways in regards to prayer, but listening. A lot of times, 
People want somebody to listen to them, and that's one of the things that you can do. You know, you don't want to be making yes, jokes with the person who finds things a funny. Lot of times, a lot of times, it don't even have to do with listening. It don't have to do with talking. It don't have to do with doing anything but being there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes, and that's, that's sometimes I don't feel, back then, sometimes I didn't feel like talking. I didn't feel like talking. I didn't want nobody talking to me, but I didn't want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. So it was like, just be there. Just be there. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, I, you know, some things that people can do when they have a loved one, friend, uh, whatever it is, that's suffering from breast cancer or recovering or someone you want to comfort, like I said, just keep a positive attitude. And try to mm-hmm. keep them positive. When they, mm-hmm. even if you have to screw fat, Google stuff. Just Google it. And as soon mm-hmm. as they get all into the press and, oh, I got to do this and I got to do radiation or I got to do chemo and I got to do this, give them the facts of people that live through that. Don't give mm-hmm. them the facts of people that die from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, don't, and that's true. Like, said, like Michelle said, don't offer no opinion. We don't need your opinion. We don't need that. What we need is just your support. Don't tell us what we should do. You know, if I give you, you know, they want me to go through chemo. They want me to go through radiation. I got to do 27 you know, radiation treatments or this and this and that. Don't, girl, you shouldn't do that. You should just go and let them give you that shot. What shot? Let them give you the shot. Mm-hmm. So it's just be supportive. Be supportive. Like I said, look it up. Give them the facts. Well, this That's is what true. happens if you're going through. If you're going through radiation, this is your survival rate. Your survival percentage goes up. If you go through chemo, this is what's going to happen if you go through chemo. But you can do that even with a you can, They can still be positive the way you do it. You know, mm-hmm. and let them make a let them just let them make a, a intelligent, knowledgeable decision. Other than mm-hmm. y'all just sitting there battering back and forth about you know that may kill you. The cancer mm-hmm. don't kill them. Correct. And you know what, Auntie? We haven't even talked about the stress because you want to minimize their stress too. Because one of the things that I did was I would always make my mother laugh, even though I make her mad sometimes. But I would make I would make her laugh. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it talks about when someone close to you has been diagnosed with cancer, your support is important. Show you care and let them know that you're willing to help when they need it most. And these are some of the things that they list. And they talk about ask when rather than what. Because many individuals find it hard to ask for help. And that was my mother's biggest issue. She didn't want right. to be dependent upon nobody. She didn't want to go live with right. nobody. When they right. said that she needed a hospice, she thought it was in-home care. She was running people away. You know, it was it was a mess. But make it right. easier for your loved one to accept your help by asking when instead of what. For instance, when can I do your grocery shopping? And, um, right. you know, helpful acts can often ease the anxiety of finding the right words of support we're facing loved one with cancer diagnosis. And you know you had Tracy show up. And that right. helped you out too because she was okay, like, Okay, girl, I'm tremendously. 
You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Tremendously. And my sister knew that because my sister was the one that sent her. Mm-hmm. Like I said, me and Jean was going through that stuff at the same time. And like Jean said, she was like, I could not travel at the time. Mm-hmm. And she knew she needed Pee Wee and them there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she needed she who she had with her. So she sent Tracy out there with me. So it was like, I can't be there, sister, but I'm going to send you the next best thing. I'm going to send you your sister and a preacher. (laughs) Girl, you know Tracy got a sense of humor. So I know she was laughing. (laughs) She prayed over the girl. She prayed over them doctors and the nurses. By the time everybody went into that operating room, Jeanette, we all felt like we (laughs) we all felt it. We all, I mean, them doctors was hooping and hollering and Nurses hooping and hollering. By the time we went in there, girl, them nurses was and I and I told them, I said, let's go in there and give me my tummy tuck and my boob job. Everybody was laughing. Everybody, you got it. You got to laugh. And see, like I said, my oh. mother, she had me, Jimmy, and Pee Wee. She was driving us crazy. She'd tell us all right. a fish. I sure want some greens. Girl, come down here from Oceanside. She got about three pots of greens. And then ain't none of why you call me all the way from Oceanside. You know I had to. I sure would like some neck bones. You know I can't find no neck bones in Oceanside. <laughs> but I'm up at midnight frying chicken, making greens. When all she really wanted was company. company that was yeah. all she wanted was company. And like I said, you I don't want to act. You don't really know what you know. You you want to live. That's what you want. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So nobody can give you that. Nobody can give you that. So, but what they can, they can uh, ease that anxiety that you're going through Correct. about this cancer. That's mm, the do. anxiety, the depression, and, all of that. Right. So and another like you thing, said, people don't ask do. what. Don't ask what. Mm-hmm. Just be like, and you don't even have to ask when. You can be like, girl, I'll be over there on Tuesday because you grocery shopping. Or make sure you have that list together by the time I get over there on Wednesday. Okay, I'm going to cook two nights of dinner. I'm bringing it over there. You know, just things like that, especially if you're that close to somebody. Correct. You know, Correct. You, know, you, you know, know what they like. There was times I would just pop up. She'd be like, who called right. you? I'd be like, nobody called me. You know, I would just show up. Right. Right. So, I mean, like I, when I showed up. That was the first mm-hmm. thing out of her mouth. Who called you? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing is, don't so worry about that. I'm here now. Yeah. Yep, and you know I did that. I was like, you got to I was like, I need some help. I need some help. Right. <laughs> you need to come so, see your sister before you, you can. Your... What? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? I just saw that bad dancer. Y'all needed to come. Uh, Another oh, thing yeah. is, I... keep in regular contact because sending a card, making a phone call, visiting. Because individuals with cancer often have many visitors when they're first diagnosed. But after the treatment becomes lengthy, people start disappearing. They start so, disappearing because they, they don't know what to say or do. They don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. They don't know so what to say or do. That's and that's where your kids come in. That's where you say, what can the kids do? Make a card. Go to the yeah. dollar store and get us a construction paper, pink uh, crayons and markers, and let them make a card for your friend, your family, their family member, yeah. or whatever. 
let them make a card. Put their paint paint on their hands and let them make some cards or beads if they're older. Let them make a pink uh, breast cancer bracelet or, you know, that's what you can get your kids and how you get your kids involved. It'll make them feel better because they're making their loved ones feel better. Right. So another thing, you can help the individual with child care. You can help them with meals. You can take them to appointments and stay with them. I did a lot of that. I was always, when Jean was going to the doctor, and then I would ask her, Mom, when's your next doctor's appointment? She would never tell me. She told me Jimmy was taking her, and I later learned she wasn't going at all. But, right. you know, go to the appointments and stay with them, because then that way you have the ability to talk to the doctor, too. Correct. And, and get the you correct know, that was, information. information. Mm-hmm. That's true. And right. Support because we did we. Mm-hmm. We can be in that room, Jeanette, and like I said, when the doctor say cancer, you, you stop listening. You don't hear nothing else. I know. I'm going to tell you because I didn't. I stopped listening because all I heard was breast cancer. And like, mm-hmm. okay, it took the next visit for me to get that all that other information I told you about the ducks and all of that. It took the next mm-hmm. visit. But when he first told me I had breast cancer, I didn't, he sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher after that. Wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear nothing else after that. You know, right. so if you take some, and he asked me to bring somebody the next time, too. And he did, mm-hmm. because I guess he could see the look on my face. So, yeah, mm-hmm. take somebody with you. After you go to your mommy or grandma and they tell you to come back because they seen something, take somebody with you. Or like you say, yeah. go with them. If they call mm-hmm. and say, girl, they say they saw something on my on my screen and I got to go back such and such a day. Clear your calendar and go with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can hear Another the information that we're not hearing. Correct. Another thing you can do is help with finances. Pay a bill for them. You know, you don't have to just give them money, but just pay a bill. You know, let them see you paid their light bill or you bought them some groceries or you – you have no idea how that can help the person because sometimes they forget. That was another right. thing that I noticed with my mother is Jean was forgetting to pay things. Stuff was getting so unorganized because she was focusing more on her health that she didn't have Correct. time to deal with the day-to-day activities of things. Correct. Correct. So that helps a lot. Correct. Yeah. I had my kids, I had Derek, you know, so, yeah, it did help a lot. All I had to focus on, and and they told me, too, um, just focus on getting better. Mm-hmm. Just focus on getting so, better. Auntie, like I said, I had some of the best doctors. Yeah, I had some of the best doctors that Cleveland, Ohio had available. So mm-hmm. I was so scared. They were so good, Jeanette. I was scared my insurance wasn't going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and also want to say, even at the mm-hmm. the insurance did not pay for it. That's how great the doctors were. They paid for the room that they put me in because my insurance would not pay for that room. I was in a private room. And um, they paid for uh, the half of the. They, like I said, they made it where the the, the um, reconstructive surgery 
was not put in as cosmetic because the doctor that did it was a plastic surgeon, so it should have been a cosmetic, which your insurance does not cover. Mm-hmm. You know? So they did that for me. No, my doctors were amazing, and that helps too. I mean, I mean, I know that it's hard to tell, but if your doctor is very informative to you, if he gives you all the little details, then you have a good doctor. But if they just skim over what's going and they just want to, you know, rack up the money, then you need to find somebody else. But you should always have second opinions anyway with something that's serious. That's true. And that's another way of looking at it is get a second opinion. Don't look at it as a death sentence. Get support. There's a lot of different organizations out there that are offering resources, um, information. Um, Auntie, what are some of the organizations? Because I, I, girl, you know, I always mess up the name about the Susan. But what is the some of the organizations <laughs> that they get? Oh, girl, I just said Susan B. Anthony, and somebody was like, "Uh, that's not it." <laughs> what is the name of? The... <laughs> Stop laughing at me. Go ahead and have my birthday reported. I'm sitting up at home. <laughs> No. But what are okay, some of the organizations? So we have you have a uh, a bunch of the uh you got the Susan G. Coleman mm-hmm. uh breast cancer organization. You have the American Cancer Society who has a breast cancer branch just for that. Um you have I don't know if other cities or states other states have them, but I know Arizona and California have the Bosom Buddies. It's a, a social service organization that um, gives free mammograms for low-income or low-insurance um, people. So you can find, you can look up, like I said, keep, Google is it. You can look up yep. all these organizations that will give you a free mammogram, let you come in and get a free mammogram, also give you a, pe- a free pap smear. So, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of doctors are not doing in-person uh, services, but there are some that are. So you just have to find the ones that are doing the in-person services because right. um, there are some. Everybody is not doing Zoom, Everybody, and I know that a lot are, but everybody is not doing Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say, as we're talking about this, it's therapy. If you find yourself slipping into depression, don't be afraid of that. Get you some help. Right. Get to right, right, right. Because your mental health is very important. Because sometimes individuals can have health issues before they can be diagnosed. Right. And don't think there's something wrong with you because you are depressed about this. That's the norm. Mm-hmm. If you don't get depressed about it, it's not, it is something wrong with you. Like I said, no. I stayed in a positive uh, positive mood most of the time. But I did have that time, you know, I did have that time where it was like, really, you know, why me? You know, I, you know. <laughs> And then you say, you, you do say, like I said, I was a drinker. I stopped all of that. I never, never really been overweight. The military said I was, but that's by their standards. <laughs> but, you know, I ain't never been no overweight person, and I've always been active. And, you know, so I'm like, why? But it's, 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 it's my genes. 
So mm-hmm. that's why. It's in my DNA. So I got to do everything that I possibly can to take care of myself. If I get breast cancer again, then it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that it was in it's in my genes and yeah. I should have stopped drinking completely. You know what I'm saying? So if I get it again, which I haven't, knock on wood, thank thank Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, then I you know, I have an idea of okay, you didn't do everything you could possibly do not to get this disease again. You did not. Correct. That's how I was when they when I was going through it and I kept getting those I had to do the mammogram, the biopsy, the ultrasound. I said, Lord, you just can't give me lupus and breast cancer for real. I got to do both. You know right. that? Nothing did with the lupus and I got to do with breast cancer. So, I mean, I've been fortunate, thank God. I haven't had even with the lupus, I do very well. But, you know, if you're out there, and like I said, we need to talk about this more than just the month of October because individuals right. are being diagnosed every day. We need to make sure that we are taking preventive measures. We need to make sure we're educating ourselves. We need to find out what resources are available. And we need to know what to do when we see family members going through. Because, I mean, because of COVID, we're kind of like turning on our little blinders with this. But we wanted to, and I wanted to make sure that we did acknowledge this. And you know, Samantha, it's going to be interesting for us this Saturday because both our mother's birthday it's October the 17th, and yeah. I had already told my sisters that I will be doing something in Compton. I know we can't be right. going nowhere because of COVID, but we will be here. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to do Zoom or log y'all alone so we can do a virtual birthday party, but we're well, going to be said, celebrating I was, here. I was gonna at least call. You got an iPhone, so I was, I was going to at least FaceTime you. So. Oh, I do have an iPhone. Yeah, I have an iPhone, but I got a WhatsApp, too. Yeah. So, okay. or even Zoom, we'll do something. But we're gonna be. I said, I said I'm cooking gumbo. Then I started thinking about the price of the meat for gumbo when I went to Costco and saw them crab legs. I was like, really? <laughs> right. I wanted some too. I'm like, no, I don't think so. No, I'm making gumbo on Saturday. I shouldn't be saying this on the radio, but I'm making gumbo on Saturday. So I got to go get the stuff for the gumbo, and we're gonna be here, and we're gonna still do our October birthday. Like I said, All I said, right. started off the show with today being Zay's birthday. You know, he's gone. Rest in peace. And Gene yeah. and Mamas and Angels and all these October Angel. birthdays. So for those Libras. Uh-huh. Right. So right. we'll be here in Compton. So I want to all thank right. you guys that was listening to the show and joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Tomorrow I want to talk about restoration how we have to restore some things, how can we get back to a sense of normalcy, even biblically, because a lot of individuals are losing hope, they're losing faith, we're watching what's going on, so we're going to have to restore some things. So we're going to be talking about that at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Again, if you want to join the show, give us a call at 516-387-1914. And, Auntie, thank you for joining the show. I'm glad you wouldn't hear me fussing, but... It was my, my my mic. You couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear you, but I was listening to everything you were saying <laughs> when you first called in. DJ had to come to you. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, again, thank you for joining me, and until tomorrow or next week, remember, you got this. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye.